We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 11th. I am Jeff Erickson. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Please play their games. Great stuff there. Good friends at Yahoo. They've been a good sponsor for us all season long. My guest today is a guy that usually is asking me the questions. Uh, he is Steve Kaplowitz. He is the radio host in El Paso, ESPN Radio in El Paso. Steve, welcome. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, and uh, I love uh, having the opportunity to uh, to join you on the podcast today. Can't wait. Yeah, and then uh, usually I do Wednesdays on your show. I'm doing it tomorrow just because of scheduling and some stuff there. We're doing a mock draft for the baseball magazine because it's never too soon. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, it's great. And you all, you have me for two segments every time we talk baseball and football. You know, throw in some college football here and there and all that. So uh, I like one of the things I like with you is that you can cover multiple sports. Uh, so it's a year round thing. 
It's awesome. I'll tell you what, we've been really fortunate to have a longstanding relationship with you and, and the team at RotoWire, and that's been phenomenal for us because so many people locally play fantasy football, play fantasy baseball, and they have uh, questions. They need advice. They want to know who to start, who to pick up, who to sit, and you're always there for that, and that's that's phenomenal. And after what happened yesterday with uh, the Yankees and Garrett Cole, yep. I'm sure that uh, there'll be a pretty uh, high price as far as uh, his draft stock uh, going into your uh, your draft tonight. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the top four, but we'll see. Uh, and usually I don't see too many pitchers go that high, but I think he's worth it. You know, 300 strikeouts is 300 strikeouts, so hard to overlook that. Uh, let's talk fancy football. Let's talk, first of all, about the news of the week, uh, news of the day. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of injury notes. Uh, it's wide receiver apocalypse, so uh, we'll talk about that. We've got a lot of other injury notes. Start off in Kansas City. Uh, Pat Mahomes, he banged his head on a helmet against the Pats. He had some swelling in that hand. It's reduced. He said it's feeling better. He's going to have a normal workload at practice today. So it looks like it's going to be pretty good. All, all systems go for him. But, Steve, you know, the Mahomes and the Chiefs offense hasn't really been clicking in all cylinders. Like They got the win in Foxborough, but didn't look all that great doing it. No, it's been a weird year because – you know what? I think when Kansas City did what they did last season and put up so many ridiculous offensive numbers, a lot of people thought this would be the new norm and it was going to be this high-powered offense that was going to break records every year. And Mahomes has been a little banged up. He hasn't been the same. And it's crazy because he's only thrown three interceptions. So he's done a great job of limiting the turnovers. But we just haven't seen the prolific passing stats that we were used to last year, which kind of makes you wonder, was that just a, a one-year anomaly or is this just an off season for Patty Mahomes and that offense? And they'll get back to it next year. My guess is it's the latter. Uh, you know, he's been hurt basically since week one, you know, he hurt his ankle in that win over Jacksonville played through it. Looked good the next week against Oakland. Then he got banged up again. His offensive line hasn't been great. No Tyreek Hill for a long time. They haven't had a running game all season. I, I think that just things are a little off this year. And I expect coming come next year, They'll get a lot of that fixed. Damian Williams wasn't the version that we saw in the playoffs. He is definitely no Kareem Hunt, and I think they missed that. I'm with you. I mean, that was part of the reason why they were so effective last year was they had the running back to kind of offset uh, the passing game. And, you know, you look at this year, and really their leading rusher is LaShawn McCoy, which is crazy. He's 31 years old, and he's only rushed for 450 yards. So you're right. I think the fact that teams can key in on uh, Mahomes more because they don't have a running game absolutely has has limited uh, his play. Plus, as you mentioned, you just don't have the weapons like you're used to. And, you know, Travis Kelsey's having another solid season uh, with yardage, but only four touchdowns. Mahomes has only thrown 21 touchdowns, and uh, that says something given what he did last year. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, Note on Williams. He was back at practice today, limited, uh, but first time since injuring his ribs that he's been back at practice. You know, that could change things up again uh, a little bit there. You know, the Vikings game, he had that 90-yard run. He showed what he's capable of doing, and I still think there's something left in him. And, you know, all that matters for them now is that if he's good to go for the playoffs, and it changes things for him. We've seen things where guys disappear all season or are nobodies, and then they're, they're huge in the fantasy playoffs. Is it that far-fetched to see Damian Williams in that capacity again? Maybe, just because, you know, in the games he's played, he just hasn't been a factor. And that's kind of the thing. He's averaging less than four yards a carry. McCoy's averaging a full yard uh, more than he is per per attempt. So, I don't know. I just don't know if I see it right now, Jeff. I I, I feel like, you know, that whole offense has taken a step back this year. I'd agree with that. Uh, So, yeah. 
Uh, let's move on to uh, the Giants. A lot of injury news there. Evan Ingram's been out for a while. He was limited in practice today. He's been dealing with that foot. You know, early last week, like, oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. Then you get to Saturday. Oh, he's not as a not coming back, but he may not come back this year. Uh, if I'm the Giants, I mean, you have nothing to play for for this year. Just shut him down. Get him fully healthy. I mean, there, there's no real benefit to rushing him back. Yeah, I mean, he's 25 years old. He's got so much potential. And you're right. Why play him in meaningless games? Why why put him in a capacity where he can get hurt even more? This has been such a, a horrible year for the Giants as their rebuilding just continues. And obviously, with Eli Manning coming back and, and showing flashes for a first half of what he's capable of, the, the factor is still, I mean, don't don't mess with anything. You're not going to the playoffs. You're 2-11. You, you've got a chance to, to get that uh, that top pick. And, and, and why not just uh, make sure that your foundation players uh, don't get seriously hurt in the process. I'm with you. Yeah. By the way, it's really remarkable how many how how often the dregs of the league have played each other this year. Uh, the only thing, the only matchup we're not going to have is Bengals versus Giants. But uh, you get Dolphins Giants this week, Dolphins Bengals next week. Of course, you get the Jets and the Dolphins playing each other twice. That doesn't that doesn't hurt. The Redskins have played the, the Giants twice. You know, it's just or, or, you know, it's just you know they're, they're just playing each other constantly, and it's it's really kind of good to have the battle of the least. Well, here's the thing too. There's a lot of dregs this year. Yes. I mean. Normally, there's a handful of teams that are really bad, but this year, you look, I mean, the Dolphins have three wins, the Bengals have one, um, you know, the Giants, the Redskins, then you got the Lions with three wins, um, the Cardinals with three wins, and the Falcons with four. I mean, there is, there's just a lot of really bad teams record-wise this year, and I don't recall a season in, in which uh, it was so bottom-heavy like it is this year. It's so funny. I've made that point before, too. Maybe with you. I don't know, but I definitely done it on the XM show. Uh, And it's, you know, it makes the elite teams look a little less elite, too. You know, your 11 win team is probably more, you know, 11 and two team is probably more like a nine and four, 10 and three team, you know, which is still great, you know, but maybe it's not as great. You know, know, we should be discounting a little bit, too. I'm with you on that. I I think that a lot of these teams are feasting on the bottom feeders and and it it helps pad their numbers. Then I look at a team like the Niners and and their last, uh, you know, three games and who they've played and winning two out of those three. So it kind of solidifies their 11 and two mark, but, but it's true. Too many of these teams in the NFL this year um, are having to, you know, face, uh, and and especially the NFC East. I mean, let's be honest, it is such a disaster when you've got two teams that are tied for the lead with a, with a record under 500 and ultimately one of them, plays nothing but the East over the final three weeks of the season. It's really remarkable. The Cowboys haven't beaten a good team all year. The best team they've beaten is the Philadelphia Eagles. And that at that time, the Eagles were concil- still considered credible. So I'll give them credit for that. But And they destroyed them, too. Uh, so, But I mean, they started off the season with those three wins. Then you look and see who they beat. You're like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, they beat the Giants. They beat the Dolphins. And they beat Washington. Okay. That, that's not so special after all. No, and they've been and they've been horrible. Now they they are perfect against the division, but they haven't beaten a team with a winning record all year, and right. and that's been bad. And then it's almost like nobody wants to win that division, and that's the crazy thing. I mean, the Eagles had to come back in the last few minutes to to beat the Giants on Monday night, and now their reward is they're tied with the Cowboys. I mean, this could be one of those seasons where the winner of that division finishes with a seven and nine record. We could go full circle. We could go where uh, you know. Remember. 
It was uh, the C- Seattle that won the in a, NFC West at seven and nine one year, and then they had the Marshawn Lynch earthquake run against the Saints and won a playoff game, and that was the, like kind of launching Seattle as a power in the NFL. That was the start of them being really good. Maybe it could happen here. No, I, I wouldn't surprise me if we saw Dallas give Seattle, you know, a really tough game. If it is Seattle that they play in the playoffs, I could see that happening. I have a hard time with a team under 500 getting to host a game just because they won their crappy division. Yeah, and then you've too. got other teams that have like, you know, 11, 12 wins as a wild card and they got to go play a road game. There's something wrong with that. You know, it happens in all sports, though. You know, as long as you're going to have divisions, you're going to have you're going to statistically it's likely that you're going to have a season like this. Yeah, it's true. It's just tough. And and the truth is, is that even if you, um, you know, if you have a home game and you're and you're under 500, then you know what? You shouldn't win a playoff game. But sometimes you got to throw the records out the window in the postseason and realize that home field advantage means everything. Although in the Cowboys case, I'm not sure that's going to do much good. You can't just replace a kicker and and expect to solve all your problems. Right, right. Exactly. Especially when the kicker's Kai Forbath. I mean, it's not exactly like (laughs) the same guy that got cut by the Pats after one week with them. Okay, well, problem solved. You know, it's funny, you know, in, in an era where kicking is as good as ever, there's still only 20 of them. You know, the bottom 10 keep shuffling. It's amazing. And there's tryouts all the time. And you got guys that are 47 years old, ready to still do it and show you that they can still kick into their 50s. It's crazy to think of what, what you know, that's turned into. And I think part of it is also we got, we got to remember that now that the extra point has been moved back and it's not as much of an automatic chip shot like it used yep. to be, it's kind of exposed kickers a little bit to show that, you know what, it, 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 just because uh, you, you're able to boost, you know, boot a couple of 40 and 50 yards, hey, you missed those key little extra points that, that used to be gimme. Now all of a sudden it can cost teams games. We see it happen all the time, and maybe that's part of why the merry-go-round is so big. Right, and that, not only that, it also exhibits the variance that is in the position too a little bit, I think. And you know, it also illustrates just how good Justin Tucker is. Oh, unbelievable! Wins, big kicks. Doesn't matter where he's kicking from, what he's doing. He's been amazing, and, and that and that team has just been rolling. It's it's been fun to watch because they've been good in the past, but seeing what they've done now and, and nine in a row, I mean, it's it, it's phenomenal. Yeah, that Niners game, uh, Ravens Niners game, they played for the forty nine yard field goal, knowing that okay, we're gonna run the clock down, we're gonna kick a forty nine yarder and get out of here. Any other team might be like, what are you doing, you idiots? You don't play for that long of a field goal. You realize how risky that is, especially in bad weather? Oh, it's Justin Tucker. Okay, it makes complete sense. Fine. It does, and you're right. And, and you don't see that very often. You just don't. But then again, he's been so good all year long and so automatic. I mean, what is he, 23 out of 24? doesn't miss. He doesn't have huge range, but you get him into that 40, you know, 40 yards and, and under, and, and, he's, and he's about as automatic as it's going to get. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, today's 45-yarder is like yesterday's, or a decade ago's, you know, 35 yarder. That's it, like, it's expected when you don't make it. Okay. Now you got to look for a job. Brad Maher was good for a long time until he was terrible. And it's so funny how that kind of broke apart too. He's a guy that can give you a 63 to 65 yard field goal when nothing matters. But when the game's on the line, he's going to push one left or right from 35 to 45 yards. It's yep. amazing. And you just, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know what, when you were as automatic as he was a couple years ago and considered one of the best legs in the league, which he still is, and then all of a sudden you lose your accuracy, you're out of a job no matter who you are. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, more news note. Let's stick with the Ravens because there's a couple of big things here with the Ravens. We kind of should have led with this, actually. I should have led with this. Lamar Jackson. Officially, this is questionable for uh, Thursday night's game against the Jets. He's got that quad injury. Uh, he practiced in full today. So that's the good news. Uh, he had limited sessions Monday and Tuesday. That's the good news. So there's a pretty good chance he goes. But, you know, quad injuries, hamstring injuries. Ah, man, it, it, one misstep and you're screwed for the playoffs in, in the case of the Ravens. Not not our playoffs, but real playoffs. You're right. And, and ultimately, when you're dealing with somebody like uh, Jackson, a quad's a very serious thing because he does so much on the ground uh, yep. in addition to throwing the ball. I mean, he's what? He's, he's got 1,000 yards rushing and seven touchdowns, and he's, he's having a great year. He's your MVP right now. But think of it this way, too. You, you, you're 11-2. and two. You know, you're steaming through everybody, and now you've got the Jets, the Browns, and the Steelers. And the Jets and Steelers are at home. Browns are on the road. So ultimately, um, if Lamar Jackson is, is 60 or 70%, is that still enough to, to beat the Jets by a couple touchdowns? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, and, and what happens if they get up two touchdowns? Three, you know, they start getting a little bit more vanilla. You know, that's the thing is if you're in your fantasy semifinals right now, there's that risk that you don't get the full Jackson. Yeah, that's a good point. And yet, RG3's done nice in the sparing backup roles so yeah. far this year, though it really hasn't played a lot. But, I mean, that's the thing. Baltimore's in, in, in pretty good shape. They're sitting pretty right now with, with the way this team has been rolling and, and doing everything right. Um, I, I'm with you. I mean, it would, it would be awful if you're a Ravens fan and know that a game that ultimately means nothing in the grand scheme of things you were, you know, your franchise could go down with an injury. We've seen it happen before. It's happened this late in the season. And you kind of just hope that, uh, you know, for everybody's sake, fantasy players that, that own Lamar Jackson, like I do, that he's able to stay, uh, stay healthy and, uh, and take his team deep into the playoffs. Yeah. Most noteworthy example I can think of is Gronk getting hurt blocking for an extra point. Oh, that's gotta be brutal. I mean, Nightmare. you know, and, yeah, absolutely. But then again, if there was ever a guy that, that really was able to gut it up playing injured and still was able to get out there and do some things, it was Gronk. But think about this. He was hurt so much during his pro career. Imagine what Gronk could have done if he was, if he was healthier and, and, not down, and missing so many games over those years. Yeah, but I, I imagine part of the reason he was so good is his playing style, but his playing style is also why he got hurt so often. And then you got somebody like Mark Andrews right now, who's one of his better targets, and, and a 24-year-old who's got so much potential. I mean, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. They've lined up uh, Lamar Jackson with some great, great pieces on offense, and, and, I mean, they should be rolling for years. I agree, and they're, go- they're only going to add to that. They're probably going to get another wide receiver at some point here, make him even stronger. Uh, Marquise Brown's going to have a healthy year of his own. I mean, yeah, they, they are lined up well. Ozzie Newsom, his parting gift to get, trade up for uh, Jackson. Wow, what, what a nice legacy to leave behind there. Andrews is questionable for this week. He had a limited practice today, you know, left early last week. That's kind of something to watch for. Their tight ends are just a mess this week. They're a mess almost every week, but it seems like they're even messier than ever. Uh, a, couple, a couple more injuries there. Uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of some of these guys. Uh, you know, the latest Foster Moreau out for the season, Ingram, we talked about him earlier. You know, Olsen's got a concussion. Jared Cook's got a concussion. You know, we don't know if uh, you're going to get Gerald Everett back. Vance McDonald had a concussion. Just a lot to deal with. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, you don't even think about all those injuries until you start to hear the list of everybody piling up, and that's that's a, that's a serious mass unit right now. And you kind of wonder um, if some of those guys are going to be able to come back. And I've and I'm kind of checking out your value meter while you're talking about that, and realizing, man, that's some good, some really good tight ends that are going to be out. Yeah, and then trying to look at to look at the top ten there, you're like, oh, there's OJ Howard again. Do I really trust him in a start in a playoff game? Yeah, probably not. Ian Thomas. Yeah, it gets, you know, there's a solid like top seven I feel pretty good about. And Tyler Higby is in that circle of trust right now, although if Everett comes back, maybe not so much. But I, I really like Higby this week against Dallas, who's kind of struggled against tight ends. I think they're like six worse against tight ends so far. Uh, I'm happy starting Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, of course, Waller, of course. Hunter Henry, yeah, he had one bad game in there, but for the most part, I'm, he's, he's, I'm pretty comfortable with that. But boy, it drops off quickly. It does, and it's so hard when you're this deep into a fantasy season, and especially if you're playing for a title and big money, to put all your faith in somebody that ultimately is is a, is like a, a one week wonder or somebody that you just kind of ride the wave and hope they stay hot for an extra week. It's difficult, and it's slim pickings after that those top seven or top eight. So you're right, it's it's a gamble at this point, and it's funny. In in one of my leagues, I've got Zach Ertz, and I also have Austin Hooper, and Hooper, um, you know, came back last week. But now his reward is he gets the Niners on the road, and you just kind of wonder. They're not going to score 40 points against San Francisco, so that's, that's, you're still kind of treading in the danger zone at that point. Exactly right. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, who knows? Atlanta could easily shut things down, too. I mean, they've already, they're already dropping guys left and right. Ridley's out for the season. Julio was missed a game two weeks ago. You know, he takes one bad fall on his shoulder. They could shut him down, him down again. Yeah, all the more reason, you know, you got to be wary of some of these guys. Uh, before we talk, a couple more news and notes. Quick note from Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real-time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be. Predict it and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers, and we'll be posting a leaderboard online and be mentioning them here. This week, we're playing to the Monday night game between the Colts and the Saints. You can also form your own league with your fantasy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair Quarterback, make every game bigger. Talking about that Colts-Saints game on Monday night, unfortunately, that's not going to be... the matchup that we were hoping for even like three, four weeks ago, the Colts have kind of taken a swan dive. I think the injuries have taken their toll. My favorite uh, nugget is the Colts who played without T.Y. Hilton again last week. Steve are now one and nine when he doesn't play. Ah, that is that is as, as rough as it gets. And I know he's got the calf injury, and you know probably not going to be playing again, or at least uh, this week. And, and it's funny because he just said today that he signed up for 16 games. Some guys may shut it down and call it quits. I don't do that. So yeah. I love I, I love the attitude. I, he's a throwback. I love you know what he wants to do. But the fact is, is it's been a tough year for the Colts because man, when he's been out, they just don't have a reliable plan. And B right now. Yeah, Zach Pascal is a decent little receiver, but he's a supporting guy. He's not meant to be a lead receiver. Marcus Johnson's a big play guy, uh, but that's about it. He's kind of like a poor man's Darnay Scott. Uh, you know, you you hope he can, hits on a deep ball or Alvin Harper. We'll make it more local for you there. Um, but 
you know, it's just you, you really, you know, he, you can't really count on him for get those move the chains targets. And Hilton was that way. And it's a shame. He aggravated that injury, you know, playing against the Texans in that Thursday night game, had two drops that were kind of co- very costly in that game. And you're like, oh, you want to blame him. But at the same time, he's gutting it out, trying to play. And apparently he aggravated it early in that game, too. They've got five receivers on IR. Like, yeah. when you start looking at their depth chart and you realize who's hurt, it's amazing. I mean, most teams, you know, they don't have to go through what the uh, Colts have been dealing with this season. And you really have to go deep into your depth chart at that point. And then you discover guys like Pascal and what he's able to do. But the fact is, too many guys that they were really relying on this year just, uh, you know, haven't been, haven't been healthy. Yeah, when uh, yeah, when, when uh, they they had the injury to Chester Rogers a couple weeks ago, and he left during the game. They had three receivers left, none of which they had drafted. They're all undrafted free agents: Pascal, Marcus Johnson, and I. I forget who the third was at the time, but they're just that. That's the thing. They've just gone really deep, and it's there's carnage all this year in particular. Wide receivers have just been just gutted with injuries and this week is just so bad marvin jones going down alshon jeffrey again getting hurt uh there's just so many you know ridley out for the season just looking at all these guys that we're trying to choose from this week it's just a nightmare between detroit indy and philly trying to find three quote-unquote on scholarship guys is pretty difficult it's been brutal. I mean, and let's be honest. If I'm trying to remember if, uh, if I've ever recalled a season where the guys that were drafted the highest are all basically non-factors this year in terms of the best play receivers in the NFL. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is still having a DeAndre Hopkins kind yeah. of season, but there are so many other players that were considered, you know, top two, top three, can't miss guys, and they've been. It just it's been a disaster for so many elite receivers this year. It took like ten weeks for Devontae Adams to score. Now he's relevant. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster has not been uh, for us all, but for like one game this season, uh, it's just disaster is abundant. You're right. Yet, if you got Michael Thomas, you're winning. I know it's amazing. Don't forget Odell Beckham, by the way, yeah. and, and his situation where now you've got uh, his quarterback blaming uh, the way the team has handled him, and, and it looks like this could be a short stay in Cleveland. What a disaster there! We we all thought that that trade was was highway robbery with Cleveland stealing him from the Giants, right. and now you look at it after what th- uh, thirteen weeks, and uh, suddenly you realize, well, you know what? Maybe the Giants knew it was something that nobody else did at the time. Yeah. Well, hey, look, they rescued him from Eli. Yay! All right, now you gave him Baker Mayfield. And Freddie Kitchens. Uh, that, that, that's the part, though, too. You know, who, who thought it was a good and I wish I would have noticed this even sooner. Like, who thought it was a good idea to give a guy who's never been a, a, an offensive coordinator, never called plays in the NFL, give him the head coaching duties and let him call all the plays? Where was that ever a good idea? Man, it's crazy. And and yet, you know, you look at, of all coaches in football right now, he is probably the one guy, and, and you could even say to some extent Jason Garrett, but Jason Garrett's been living on borrowed time for years and years and yeah. just keeps surviving because of, of, of his owner. He's but the new Marvin the, Lewis. The, yeah, exactly right. Um, but in the case of, of uh, Kitchens, man, it, it's just, it's been such a disaster all year long. And then he shows up wearing that shirt a few oh. weeks ago right before the Pittsburgh game and, and, and was under fire for that. Oh, it's just been, it's been a disaster. It's a clown show. Uh, yeah, it, he should be one and done. And yeah. I think he will. Yeah. I, I would be shocked 
if they bring him back, given uh, you know how bad this has really gone. And put, there's enough coaches out there that have good experience, have some innovation, and and can do more with the kind of talent they assembled in Cleveland than than what than what he's been able to do. Sure, it's a good thing they got rid of Sashi Brown, so they get a professional GM that wouldn't botch the head coach firing. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and, you, and you got to feel kind of bad for Cleveland Browns fans because totally. they made those trades, and all of a sudden you see Jarvis Landry, you see um, you know Beckham. Everybody was was jumping on board Super Bowl. This wasn't just a division winner. This was a Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. And I'm thinking, hey, slow it down. This is still the Browns. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't just expect a team to to go and and become you know Cinderella overnight. It, you you got to see the results on the football field. They hadn't done anything, and all of a sudden everybody was banking on it. Who knew that their head coach uh, would be the beginning of the, of the end, and everything else would just kind of be a, be a you know, recipe for disaster as the season progressed. There could be a good post-hype sleeper next year, though. We'll say that, depending on what they do this offseason. But, sure. you know, and good for them for having some excitement. I mean, when you're Cleveland, you've been, you know, beat up for so many years. I mean, you want to have some excitement. Trust me, I can relate to this. I'm a Bengals fan. You know, it's all these Rust Belt cities, Bengals, Lions, Browns, Bills, all very relatable. Only the Steelers mess up that narrative. Darn when was the last time uh, a team actually filmed the Bengals sideline to try to see what kind of plays they're running? Oh. Was, I don't think it's ever happened. You know, the funny thing is, I bet you the, 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 they've had various ways of doing this before, though, too. I mean, yeah, they caught they got caught this time. How many times do you think this has happened other times? Oh, my God. It's scary. Well, you already heard the what, what they said happened during the, the spy a documentary week. thing. Oh, no. Oh. No, what's the bye week thing? It was no, I mean the Spygate. Spy oh, Spygate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, scouts disguised as media members. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's you know really uh, cloak and dagger stuff we're talking about. Yeah, and you know, I get it. There's as long as you're going to have professional sports and there's so much at stake, you know, teams are going to do what they can. Uh, you know, the Astros have de- demonstrated this. I bet you every major league team in baseball has some mechanism for stealing signs or at least has there's some talk about it right you, you know it's just using technology is the difference i mean the red sox got caught using apple watches i'm shocked that more teams haven't yet um really been leaked as abusers to stealing signs in baseball i mean yeah. the only reason the astros was because somebody meant a former player mentioned it but other than you know mike fires you people would still not really know what was going on because everything is always kept so hush hush but i'm right. convinced this is a this is a widespread problem in baseball teams do it they just you know you're not guilty until you get caught and and ultimately that's kind of the case i am i'm really interested to see when the investigations are finished um how many other teams other than just the the Astros are found to be guilty of, of doing the same kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm skeptical that it's everything. The extent of it's going to be revealed because baseball likes to whitewash things. Look at their press conference on the ball today. I mean, that was shameful. I mean, they, they yeah. still think, oh, there's some problems with the stitching, but there, other than that, the ball is you know was fine. I'm like, what? Really? I don't think oh, so. Please. We all knew it, and. It was a problem in minor league baseball and triple A ball in the big league. Yeah. It's, it's obvious. We, this was, this was, I mean, for them to try to deny or say, you know, just, uh, the seams, I mean, and, and another thing, you know, 
baseball acts like they have no idea of what's going on and what they're actually trying to do. And that's the best. The best is always the cover-up, how people act like they, they mm-hmm. had no idea it's happening. You heard Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick was, gave you more on denying that he had anything to do with what was happening um, with yeah. the uh, Bengals footage than, than after any you know, Patriots game. It's, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I heard a clip of that. I don't want to go into details on that. I don't want to. Yeah. Come on. You protest too much. So uh, let's look at talking about this wide receiver carnage. Let's see. Let's talk about some some of these guys that we're looking to pick up to fill in, because let's face it, if we're starting three in a flex, it's a tough week. So let me, I'm going to get throw some names at you. You tell me which do you like the best here? And they're all OK. They're all going to be cringy. I'm, I'm going to warn you ahead of time. Uh, none of them are going to make you feel good. Danny Amendola, Prashad Perriman, Alan Hearns, Russell Gage, Justin Watson, Marcus Johnson. Any of those guys. Who's the one? You have to choose one. I'm, I'm forcing you. You have to choose one. You have to start him. Which one are you going to take? God, that is so difficult. Um, let's put it this way. I mean, I, that's a tough group up. Yeah. It really is. Um, I think you mentioned Perriman. If, if Evans is out, you know, he's the kind of guy that, that can shine. But again, the problem there is Jameis Winston is so hit or miss. Yeah. You just don't know if he's going to light it up one game or, or be awful the next. I mean, maybe, maybe you go with a guy like Russell Gage just because it's Atlanta. They put up 40 points last week. Uh, Ridley's done. And, you know, Julio Jones has been another massive disappointment this year because of all the injuries he's had to deal with. So maybe you ride the hot hand there and you hope that that Gage can 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 deliver. Yeah, I can see it. I have him on a couple of rosters already. He's a PPR guy. He's not going to be a big play guy. That's the thing. He's he's basically a slot receiver. And, you know, like that has value, and especially in PPR leagues. But you play in, you know, standard scoring leagues, he's not going to get in the end zone that often. Not going to be that guy for you. Uh, so you got to hope he does some other things. I kind of like Amendola, you know, because he gets those high target games. You know, he doesn't get in the end zone. He has one touchdown all year, and that was week one. So if you're like, oh, this is a thing against Arizona. No, it's just an Arizona thing. Uh, but eight targets last two weeks, you know, th- uh, against the Redskins in week 12, not so much. But five, nine before that, you know, I, I think you could get a lot of volume. So maybe I kind of like him. I like Perriman. I think Perriman's probably, I think he's got the highest ceiling perhaps because he, he, could be, he can be a deep ball guy from time to time. That's one thing I do like about him. Alan Hearns is interesting yeah. just because they're playing the Giants. The Giants have had difficulty against the pass all season long, and he had eight targets last week and caught five against the Jets. So, you know, maybe there's a, a guy to throw in. He's got experience. He's, you know, been able to catch a couple touchdowns this year from the Dolphins, and, you know, that's going to be one of those games where, you know, Miami has a chance to score some points. Yeah, they do. And Devontae Parker might not be there. You know, he's had the concussion last week, was uh, limited in Wednesday's practice. So we'll see. It's possible that they could uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, give him, you know, if Parker misses another game, he could be involved. Even if Parker doesn't miss, he's like the number two option still because there's so many other guys. Albert Wilson's got a concussion of his own. Uh, They're down other receivers. So that could be a possibility, too. Well, one thing about Amandola that you mentioned is he's been at least – 
uh, consistent in terms of you know, getting some yardage and getting some passes this season. So that's kind of uh, interesting. He's actually kind of coming close to his career average in terms of receptions and yards, and, and he might actually get those over the last three weeks of the season. So maybe a bank on the 34-year-old and, and hope that you know he's able to uh, continue to kind of produce at the level he has. And you know against Tampa, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to get plenty of targets from from uh, you know their offense. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's why those are the guys that caught my eyes. At least are interesting pickups. There'll be someone that you know after the next slew of injuries that's going to emerge. Like, oh, well, we'll look at him. Maybe whoever the Lions' fourth receiver is. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we can speculate on that one later. Uh, before we uh, go on, though, a quick other note uh, from our title sponsor, Yahoo. For sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app, powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook, powered by BetMGM, allows fans fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports and users of legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey and can click through the odds to place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive $100 in free bets. Go to BetMGM.com slash Yahoo to get started and for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily Fantasy continues to launch new fantasy contests every day. Visit yahoo.com slash daily fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. That's Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thank you guys for that. I'm Jeff Erickson. My guest today is Steve Kaplowitz. He is a host of Sports Talk and 600 ESPN El Paso. I go on with Steve every week. Uh, we talk baseball, football, fancy baseball, fancy football, real-life sports for those, too. Steve, you've been doing radio for quite a while now. Tell me how you got into the, the business. I started um, actually in college. I attended the University of Texas in the early 90s, and originally my plan was to, to uh, write for the newspaper. I did that in high school, and I went into the offices of the Daily Texan, which was the student newspaper at UT, and I was told by the sports editor at the time, uh, Jamie Aaron, who actually turned into a really, really nice uh, reporter for the Associated Press. He's written a ton of books on the Cowboys and, and covered sports in the Dallas area over the years. He told me that um, if I was interested, I could uh, you know, rip scores off the wire for the first couple months, and maybe if I was able to you know, get past the early grunt work, I would then move into uh, a chance to do some writing. Well, I then walked over to the student radio station, and they had told us that, um, hey, if you want to get on the microphone, we'll be more than happy to put you on. And nice. I'd never done radio at the time and um, fell in love with it, started doing a sports radio show back then, and it was great because it was cable FM, Jeff, which meant you not only had to have a stereo receiver, but you had to then plug in a cable uh, coax into your receiver to pull in the channels. Otherwise, you would not be able to get our radio station. It was not traditional radio. You had to have the cable FM. Nice. But it was it was great practice. I, I did it for three years, did a show, loved it. And then when I got, graduated from college, moved uh, back to El Paso and started uh, working in radio uh, within a couple of months of graduation. Um, and it was the summer of 1995, um, started doing some FM morning show work, and then on the side was doing weekend sports and given the opportunity to take over the afternoon drive show in the summer of 97, and I've been doing that ever since. So um, sports radio is so natural uh, for me. I've always enjoyed it. It's just you're, you're having a conversation like we've been doing today, and 
that's kind of the approach I've always felt. I've, I've never been about shock and, and, and guy talk like a lot of other uh, hosts have over the years. I've kind of been more of a throwback to what uh, I enjoyed listening to. And although we've evolved more with social media, kind of kept the show along the same lines like we have. And, uh, yeah, still going strong after almost 25 years in the business. And it's been, it's been a good run. That's awesome. That is really, truly awesome. And I appreciate your approach to the show. I, I, I hope to portray the same on my show. I don't like like the fan in New York. That's not my style. Mike and the Mad Dog is about exactly the opposite of how I want to be. Uh, so I kind of like the conversational nature of radio instead. And I think you, you're that way as well. Uh, we do a lot of fantasy, and you do fantasy leagues. You're both in football and in baseball. Let's talk football first. I know you're hardcore into baseball, but you're doing a guillotine league this year, and you've gotten to the final three, which is pretty awesome. I've never done a guillotine league. I didn't even know what it was until it was proposed to us by one of our friends who started it this year, and, and, and it's been a blast. I'll tell you what. We, you know, we have the 17 teams, 14 per uh, per roster, and the way it works is, for those of you that don't know, if uh, you play every week and the lowest score is eliminated from the league, who they then have to pay their dues, and their entire roster goes into a free agent pool, and at the start of the year, you get a certain amount of dollars to spend, and once mm-hmm. you're out, you're out. It's a blind bid, so you never know how much you're going to bid on a player versus somebody else in the league. And you keep, uh, you know, turning your roster over and building it until you're the last uh, teams to survive. So it's been great. I, I was able to grab Lamar Jackson. Just picked up Aaron Jones last week, right before his big run against Washington, where he was terrific. And man, um, I'm excited for these last three weeks. I can't wait, and or probably for two weeks for us because there's three teams left, Jeff. But that has been by far and away. Um, you know, the most fun I've had because it's so different and the concept is so different compared to your traditional uh, fantasy football leagues out there. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's what I'm one of the things I'm seeing in the industry, too, is new innovations on how to play the game, whether it's these guillotine leagues or the vulture leagues. I don't know if you've heard of these. These are pretty. This is pretty creative, too. You get like in a 10 team league, but nine do the draft and the 10th does not draft, but then fills his roster with the top free agents after the draft. If he beats you in, in your regular season game, he gets to pull somebody off your roster. Vampire Leagues, not Vulture, Vampire Leagues. Um, <laughs> big difference. Uh, actually, yeah, well, it's actually kind of the same. You know, Vulture, you're feeding off the dead. Vampire, I guess you're feeding off the alive still, but that's the difference. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm thinking on the fly here, but it, it's cool. And then, yeah, he... You get a little momentum. Our, my, I had Luke Hoover, one of our writers, on. He, he's done these leagues, and we, we spent a segment talking about that. And I just like that there are more and more ways to play fantasy football. Baseball seems like it's been ahead of the curve a little bit on that, but football has really kind of gotten its way. There's more dynasty leagues now in football. There's 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 various ways to play the game. I I, I want to get in a guillotine league next year. I think it'd be a lot of fun. It's been great. It's been one of the most uh, enjoyable leagues I've ever spent just because I've played in a bunch of them. It's funny you mentioned Luke. Luke, uh, over the years, has, has joined me on the show to talk fantasy football, which great. Uh, Yep, was 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 some time back, but um, you know, I, I I commissioner a league that I used to play in twenty something years ago, and I enjoy running that and kind of um, you know telling uh, you know everybody you know how their their moves are made and, and kind of keeping everybody up to date on that. I play in a couple of other uh, regular leagues that I've had, um, and I'm in a, a college football dynasty league that's insane. That's I got to awesome. tell you, of all the leagues I've played, it, and it's crazy because nobody plays for money. You basically 
basically pay the administration fee for the commissioner. But this league is nuts to the point where you are recruiting players as juniors and then later as seniors. You're signing them. You've got home visits. You've got awesome. um, opportunities to to scout all the uh, you know two four seven sports and rivals networks to try to find players. You've got certain areas in the country that you're specifically assigned to, and then uh, you play in this league where every every week you get to um, you know just have a regular standard fantasy league. But the the fun part is it's all Power Five and it's all based on really recruiting, and the recruiting is wild. And I'll tell you, that's a great league. It's sometimes you know as much fun as it is playing for money. If you get a really good league with a fun concept, it's almost as if the money's not as important as it is just trying to build a champion, knowing how tough the league is to play, master, and win. And that's kind of part of the fun as well. Oh, absolutely agree. I used to be big time into college fantasy football. Uh, then I had kids, and my Saturdays got occupied. AYSO, all your Saturdays are occupied. Uh, but it's okay. I I've, I love youth soccer. I love AYSO. I think it's an amazing organization. I never regret it. But I used to be way more into college fantasy football. We did a 24-team league, 16-round draft. We had a recruiting component, too. You had to alloc- You could allocate we we do the recruiting aspect first. We you could allocate one of your draft picks on an incoming freshman. We do a bidding on that. Sometimes Leonard Fournette he'd go in. You'd spend your first round pick on a freshman. You're like what? But you had to really get and it was all Division One. You know, so not not one double A or you know that you know that's it used to be. The, I know it's FCS and F. I always get the the acronyms mixed mixed up now. But it wasn't just the Power Five. It was all about. So I used to you know revel in the splendor that was you know mountain west football you know mm-hmm. whether you know I, I i do a spot on a hawaii radio station and my buddy scott robs gave me uh you know these in, incoming freshman wide receivers back when it was june jones running uh the, the, the hawaii offense he'd give me these guys before they you know like, he's gonna win the job and he's great and he'd be right and it was awesome uh it was my little edge that i have so i'd get like a 15th round pick on a guy that's like third round quality and you're like yes i just scored there that's awesome. I mean, the group of five is, is what you're referring to with, with with conferences like the Mountain West. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and June Jones brings back memories because Hawaii and Utah played in the in the WAC back in those years. So yeah. we would see June come in with his high powered uh, offense, and then on the flip side, Utah would have to make the trip every other year to Hawaii and go play on the island. And uh, yeah, those guys were terrific fantasy studs that were that would. You know, I just remember Hawaii with June Jones would throw the ball about 400, 500 yards a game and just rack up video game numbers. And if you're playing in a college football uh, dynasty league or even any kind of league at that point, you're just reaping the benefits if you had some of those Hawaii players. Exactly right. Exactly. So that's awesome. Um, I yeah, I, I don't know if I'll ever get I, I know I won't ever get as wacky into it as I used to. But I got into this league just because way back there I was in law school at the time, 1994. And that's just when Northwestern started get, was getting good. I started like jumping on these ESPN message boards, you know, we're just talking college football and someone brought up the idea of doing a fancy league. And so people across the country were all doing this. And so I was getting into like, all, like, Oh, Wyoming has this great passing off at San Diego state's got this great <laughs> running back. And, you know, you start to get into that and that's, and then all of a sudden, you know, like you, you could go a long way with that. Now, now it's, it's, it's funny. College, Never really took off like I thought it was going to. I always thought that was going to be the next big fantasy sport, but golf has like eclipsed it, soccer even to a certain extent. College still has its following, but it's a lot smaller than you think it would be. 
I'm surprised just given how popular college football is, and maybe yeah. just the people haven't really opened uh, their minds to what the, the potential is if they really did a, a college football league that you know involves a lot. I mean, our league, we have not only offensive players, we have defensive linemen, we have corners, we have linebackers. So it's full offense and defense. The, the commissioner of the league, I don't know how he came up with his algorithm, but he's got this incredible, he must have been like an MIT major of how you weigh the points based on strength of opponents, what you score, what you produce. I mean, it's it's fascinating to see how deep this league really goes and what it's all about. But right. you know what? When I was in college, I played fantasy hockey. I played NBA. I played Major League Baseball. Played football. Did them all. Tried them all. And, 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 and had a blast doing all that stuff. And this was before the Internet. So basically, in these years, you had to receive weekly mailers uh, in envelopes that had all the points tabulated on a computer with everybody and how they were doing. Because in those days, you didn't, you didn't follow a lot of that stuff online. So you basically had to have your commissioner drop an envelope in the mail oh, yeah. every week and kind of giving you a, a recap. Yeah, they would fax the results to your commish. And then he'd find a way to disperse it to you after that. And free agents were like a total guess. I mean, there's no real time sport, uh, real time results, let alone real time uh, free agency or anything of that nature. It's, you know, it's absolutely crazy how things have changed. You know, I used to get so excited when they just mentioned the concept of fantasy on one of the ESPN properties, whether it be like the website, ESPN.starwave.com, if you remember, uh, or, you know, let alone uh, on TV. You're like, wow. They mentioned fantasy, not just my company or anything like that, just the whole concept of fantasy. We're getting we're getting verified as this legitimate hobby. I know. And look what it's turned into now. It's 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 crazy because not only now do, do people play, but they want their they want the results instantly. They yep. ha, you know, up to the second. And now thanks to, you know, social media, injuries and daily reports get updated in real time. You don't have to worry about the next day to try to find out what's happened. I mean, the information is so available, it's it's incredible to see how things have come. I just want to know what like the the, the newest trend's gonna be. We we're talking guillotine league and vampire league. I want to know what uh, the the next great fantasy league is going to be that somebody decides to create and, and, and get everybody to play. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it, it's I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of things that are going to tie in with sports, uh, sports gaming. That's becoming a bigger and bigger deal. Um, and, and to the point where it's not the Fancy Sports Trade Association, it's the Fancy Sports and Gaming Association, uh, because you know, sports betting is now becoming more and more legit in a lot of people's eyes. Has your wife tried to rope you in on a, either a bachelor or bachelorette fantasy league? No, she hates those shows just as much as I do. So I got lucky there. Uh, we are good. not. We don't watch reality TV very much at all. Sports is reality. That there you go. That's that. No, I just haven't got into that genre at all. I know they they're out there. The movie leagues are out there, but uh, nope, avoided that bullet so far. You know, it's amazing what people have come up with in terms of that. It's stuff. great. And they go deep. It's and, innovative. And you can just tell. You it's know, awesome. They, they, They've taken the sports fantasy and they're just applying it to, to everything, including reality TV now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I think it starts with the love of games, you know, love of sports plus love of games. Um, so you can do a lot of things when you add those two things or you just, you know, love a love competition. And there, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I expect, you know, there'll be there'll be ways to tap into that more and more. Um, and it, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Either. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to end on that note. Um, some good stuff here today, Steve. I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule and uh, switching uh, the chairs for a second here and uh, look forward to being on your show in the future. 
Man, this was fun. I really enjoyed the time. I really had a great time with you hosting this uh, this format. I think it's terrific. And uh, I know this is going to sound like a shameless plug, but the the stuff you guys do at, at Rotowire is unbelievable. It's so terrific. We we talk about it every week when we have you on for our listeners. But um, all I can say is I wish 25 years ago I had the kind of material that you guys offer uh, your subscribers uh, on a regular basis. It would have it would have helped me out a bunch then. But I'm happy. Better late than never when it comes to. Uh, to, to Rotowire. Oh, appreciate you. Appreciate it very much. And, you know, it's fun. It's fun to add new things to the site and get, I get to do this for a living. How, how good is life? Yeah, good for you. That's yeah. for sure. I'm still amazed. You go to Vegas, you have your golf tournaments. Uh, yeah, your life, I mean, I think I have a good life, and I have, I have no complaints on my run, but your stuff is, is taking it to another level. So yeah. enjoy the ride while it lasts. That's for sure. Exactly. You only get one life. Might as well enjoy it, right? So. Absolutely. All right. That is Steve Kaplowitz. Uh, catch him on ESPN Radio 660 in or 600. Excuse me, let me make sure I get that right. ESPN Radio 600 in El Paso. Uh, they do stream online, and of course, follow him on Twitter at Steve Kaplowitz. Uh, we'll be back at you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast.